Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Coming up on DTNS, Facebook wants to replace your phone with glasses, put a camera in your living room, and set up its court of appeals. What could go wrong? This is the Daily Tech News for Wednesday, September 18th, 2019 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. From Salt Lake City in the week of the Switch Lite release, I'm Scott Johnson. And uh, I'm the show's producer, Roger Chang. You mean the tabloid switch, because it's yes, smaller, like a switch. like a small tablet of medicine. Yeah, like uh, a little tablet of medicine and also a very small paper full of garbage reporting. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Uh, we were just talking about the etymology of the word tabloid. The answer may surprise you if you listen to Good Day Internet, uh, which you can get by becoming a member at patreon.com slash DTNS. Let's start with a few tech things you should know. Comcast will now offer its Xfinity Flex set-top to existing internet-only customers for free. It was previously $5 per month. Xfinity Flex comes with most of the usual streaming apps like Netflix, HBO, Prime Video, ESPN3, YouTube, and Hulu is coming soon as well. Comcast customers will also get free access to NBC's new Peacock streaming service. Mm, I still hate the name. Hey, Pocket Cast, speaking of things you can spend a little money on, Pocket Cast, the pocket, uh, pocket podcast app rather for both Android and iOS, will now be free on mobile platforms with a premium service for $0.99 cents a month, or you can do 10 bucks a year. They're calling it Pocket Cast Plus. Uh, the premium service includes access to desktop apps, exclusive app icons, and 10 gigabytes of cloud storage. Anyone who purchased the desktop app will get three years of Pocket Cast Plus for free. I think that's pretty generous. And Pocket Cast says more monetization features are on the way. Although if you're a user of the web interface, there's some kvetching about the fact that you thought you were getting that forever and now you only get it for three years. Yeah. Uh, Google Assistant is launching new voices in nine countries. That means an alternative to the default voice. Uh, so if you're in a country that speaks Dutch, French, German, Italian, Japanese, Korean, or Norwegian, you got a new voice to choose from. It's a non-gendered voice, by the way. Uh, English voices are also being launched in India and and the UK. Separately, Amazon announced the launch of Hindi support in device software updates. Support for multilingual households is coming soon as well. 
Reuters discovered through freedom of information requests that officials from Facebook met UK regulators three times prior to announcing the Libra, Libra cryptocurrency project. A meeting with a junior minister and officials in charge of cryptocurrency policy at Britain's finance ministry happened on April 23rd. A meeting with the UK's financial conduct authority happened on April 24th. And Facebook met officials from the finance ministry, Bank of England and FCA on May 14th. And California government. Governor Gavin Newsom, just before we started the show, signed Bill AB5 into law, changing the definition of who qualifies as a contract worker in the state of California. Uh, Remember, this applies uh, mostly, not mostly, but uh, it's been targeted at Uber and Lyft and the like. Uber has said it will push for new definitions, including a potential statewide ballot initiative. All right, let's talk about those Facebook glasses, Scott. Let's do it. CNBC sources say Facebook is partnering with Ray-Ban. Uh, their parent company, anyway, Luxacata, to bring augmented reality glasses Luxotica. to market. Did I say it wrong? Luxacata? Luxotica. Uh, you know what? When you're here, you're family. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, they're going to bring these to market between 2023 and 2025. So don't get super excited yet. This is on its way. Anyway, the glasses codenamed Orion are reportedly being developed in Facebook Reality Labs in Redmond, Washington, and would handle making calls, displaying information, and streaming video from the glasses' point of view with a voice assistant for user input. Sound like a phone? Does to me. CNBC also reports Facebook is developing a ring with a motion sensor uh, for input codenamed Agios. Yeah, if you take Facebook... Maybe I guess uh, if you take Facebook out of this, uh, this sounds like an interesting take on a problem no one has solved yet. How do you make those glasses really catch on? Uh, and and putting all of the, this sort of technology in here just makes me go, well, if it works well, maybe you put Facebook in here and suddenly it's like, who is who is going to really get behind putting Facebook glasses on your face and and with the ability to live stream. I and mean, when we saw how crazy people went when Google Glass could do like tiny little live streams, potentially. Uh, imagine Facebook with high level streams to Facebook Live, Facebook Watch. That's crazy. Well, and the, just the whole uh, sort of uh, augmented reality glasses, make them look cool, make them do things. Snap is trying to figure that out and has made some strides mm-hmm, in that arena. Mm-hmm. Facebook uh, owns Instagram, which has done very well at taking things that work for Snap and making it part of its own product. So Facebook working on something that we wouldn't even see really for another three to four years at you know at the earliest that could be, you know, it could be a very different world for yeah. what what we, you know, what we expect might um, take the place of everything that we do on a smartphone now. And also the fact that if if a rival company does it well, then, of course, Facebook would want to try. So this makes Snap feel good that they're, <laughs> that they're doing glasses since Facebook is. Too. Well, it makes them be, feel good until their working. user base goes yeah. to Instagram wearing their Facebook glasses. Descript announced a new version of its audio editor called Descript Podcast Studio that uses machine learning to let you edit a transcript in order to affect the audio. Delete a sentence from the transcript, and that sentence is then clipped from the audio. Kind of cool. A similar feature called Overdub lets you change words or phrases or even add new sentences using that same machine learning. Similar anyway. A user has to read a series of randomly generated sentences so that the software can figure out what they sound like and uh, be able to 
replicate their voice. Descript Podcast Studio also supports simultaneous and collaborative multi-track editing with several changes synced in real time. It also offers transcription services that include humans assisted by AI for a fee. So Descript Podcast Studio is available now for Mac and Windows. It's free and for $10 a month for video and free transcription and $15 a month for multiple users. Yeah, so free and that's video priced software. lower than I thought it would be. The, this honestly. is free, free video software where you can edit audio without having to listen so much faster. If you're like, I know exactly what I need to take out and you can just look at a transcript, highlight it, delete it, boom, gone from the audio and the edit is nice and clean because of the machine learning. That alone is incredibly compelling to me. Uh, Overdub could be incredibly scary, but they say they're doing a lot of things to make it hard to use this for deep fakes. So first of all, it's only meant to be used by the user. I just recorded something and I'm like, oh, you know what? I said that word wrong. I could just change it in the transcript. And because I've trained it, now I don't have to go re-record the entire thing. Okay, that could save me some time Mm -hmm. too. Uh, If you're editing multiple voices though, then it gets trickier because you have to have a person collaborating with you to have them train it in your session so that you can't just take anybody's voice and fake it. Right. I'm interested in this on a couple of levels. My my biggest thing would be, I, I don't even think they intend me to use it for this, but I would like to use something like this for when I'm just trying to re- reduce silence gaps in final cuts of audio and just audio in that regard. If there's a big chunk of uh, part of an interview where we've just got bad lag over Skype, but I want to keep everything that was said and rather than go back and do it the meticulous slow way. Nice to be able to identify those gaps and delete those. Yeah, I, I wonder how those show up in the transcript. That's an interesting question. Yeah, that kind of thing is it, it would be because the transcript uh, seems to be made for taking out words, not taking out gaps. But it might right. work for that. I don't know. Right? Maybe it treats negative space differently. But I, overall, though, I think it's a pretty neat idea, and um, I think there are podcasters at various levels or people just in the world of trying to get audio in a, pre- a format they need for a presentation or something. This would be hugely. Oh, I can think of a great example. A few weeks ago, when we were talking about FaceApp. Remember that? Oh, yeah. And uh, we talked about it. It was was just a big story over the course of a week. And I called it Facebook several times, Mm -hmm. you know, and hated myself for it because I know the difference between the two. This would have been perfect for that instance. Yeah. All right. Uh, HP announced the 2-in-1 13.3-inch Elite Dragonfly business laptop. And it does not look like a business laptop. This is a pretty laptop. Uh, Weighs less than a kilogram. Two Thunderbolt 3 ports, USB 3.1 Gen 1 port, HDMI, headphone jack, Wi-Fi 6 built in, option for LTE with 4x4 antennas if you want it. Sports Windows Hello facial recognition, has a fingerprint sensor on the palm rest, and comes with 8th Gen Intel Core U-Series V-Pro processors. You can configure it up to 16 gigabytes of dual-channel LPDDR3 RAM, up to 2 terabytes of NVMe solid-state storage, and there's an option for a 56-watt-hour battery. That will raise the, the weight of it above a kilogram, but it extends the battery life from 16.5 hours to 24.5. The Dragonfly starts at $1,549 shipping in November. HP also announced a 43.4-inch 4K 60 hertz curved monitor called the S430C that can connect to two devices at once over USB-C show the screens for each device side by side uh, if they're running Windows, Mac OS, Linux, or Android and enable file transfer between the two connected devices. The monitor has a pop-up infrared camera for facial recognition, two USB-C ports, so you can connect those two devices, four USB-A ports, along with HDMI, DisplayPort, and an audio jack, and the HP S430C monitor sells for $999 coming November 4th. I want it. 
Uh, <laughs> so I want it to. I don't want. I mean, the notebook seems neat. Don't get me wrong. That thing seems seems awesome. If you're looking for a nice monster notebook that does tons of things, hey, it looks like they got you covered. Especially if you like HP as a brand. But that monitor is very very tempting to me. And it's because I work in that kind of multi-OS environment, and I do it in real time every day with streaming combined with audio production combined with art stuff. Like, it's all happening at once with Windows and Mac in my case. It would be a, a great thing, and I would be spending the same amount of money that it would cost me to buy Apple's stand for their next display, not even the display, just the stand that comes optional. So it's really tempting for you know somebody in the semi-pro slash pro market looking for a good solution for that sort of thing. I couldn't find anything that clarifies if it works as a KVM for my laptop and for my keyboard and mouse, which I can, I can work around with my own KVM, but man, it would be super slick if you didn't even have to push a button and, and you still got both devices up on the screen. Oh, yeah. You could just move the mouse from one to the other, which Synergy can do. So yeah, there's all kinds I, of stuff. I, I it's such Synergy. a no-brainer for, for multiple operating systems, right? And a single uh, display. But also, if you're just doing a lot of power-intensive stuff, and you just want to look at it in one place. Mm-hmm. You got two Mac Minis, for example, which is something I'm probably going to get at some point. Then having the single monitor, and I think in this case the curve makes a lot of sense, right? Because it is huge, so it'll be you know somewhat not immersive, but it'll it'll give you a little bit more of that feeling of okay, I've got I, I've got this all under control. This is all within my vision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And the file transfer thing, I don't want to give short shrift to because one of the problems I'm having right now is Windows networking. And Mac OS, uh, uh, you know, Mac OS networking are notoriously kind of finicky sometimes with each other. You just have problems now and again. And so for me to move files back and forth, that's either working or it's not. And if it's not, I'm USBing from one place to the other on a stick or something, which is super inconvenient and lame. And Synergy doesn't support just drag and drop file transfer, which I wish it would. And I know there are other solutions. I could get Go- or I could get Chrome doing it. There's a lot of other ideas, but to be able to do that through a hardware USB C base solution is i'm probably going to get this monitor is what i'm saying i think (laughs) think we're all three going to have this monitor oh yeah i don't need it but but i want it it will make my life better i kind of need it i kind of need it we need it right we need it feedback at dailytechnews.com if you think we need it i think we need it let's live with it all of us (laughs) at an event in shenzhen tuesday oppo announced its reno ace will come with the ability to charge its 4,000 milliamp battery in 30 minutes oppo says it used gallium nitride semiconductors to improve efficiency while reducing the size of the 65 watt power adapter Apple also announced a 30-watt wireless charging that can charge a 4,000 milliamp battery in 80 minutes, all without wires. The Apple Reno Ace is due in Asia on October 10th. Yeah, they had some fast charging for some of their other models as well. Uh, this is this is crazy. 30 minutes uh, to to charge up a, a battery that size and then and then run for 16 hours or whatever that that 4,000 milliamp hour battery is going to give you. That's yeah. that's just insane. I mean, that's that's a big old power adapter, and they had to do some stuff to to keep it safe. And they they detailed a lot of that as well, uh, but uh, you know even the thirty watt uh, wireless charging at, at at eighty minutes ain't bad. I mean it no. takes it takes a couple hours for more than a couple hours for me to wirelessly recharge a phone. Usually, it's fun to watch. Um, battery innovation is kind of stalled in terms of capacity. Um, the more battery you put in, obviously the more capacity you have, and that's how some of these phones and yeah. things have gotten around it. But it's nice to see the innovation coming from other directions, be that power efficiency, being that charge times. Like I'll gladly trade that we're sort of 
I don't know. It feels old school the way we do batteries now, but I'll trade that for faster charging, for yeah, smarter. It is. It is. You know what? Now that you point that out, it's really sad that the innovation in batteries is coming at the chip side for power efficiency and the charger side for speed of charging, not in the batteries. We're, we're yeah. so like desperate for some kind of battery innovation. And there there's lots of possibilities, but nothing nothing on the horizon that I've heard about. Right. Well, folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, there's one place to do it. Go subscribe to DailyTechHeadlines.com. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then... Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed, and Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model in the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. Let's get back into it with Facebook announcing two different things. We'll start with the one that is something you can buy and put in your hands, the Portal TV. Uh, Portal TV connects to your television using HDMI. It includes a camera for making video calls to other Portal TV users, as well as uh, WhatsApp video calls. AI focuses on individuals. This is something that all the portals have done from Facebook. Uh, so it, it can it can focus on the person who's talking, so it keeps them in view. It has a nice 120-degree wide angle, but it's not showing that wide angle all the time. It can follow kids around the room, stuff like that. Uh, also has apps. So obviously Facebook and Messenger, but also Amazon Prime Video, Stars, Pluto TV, Pandora, iHeartRadio, CNN, ABC News, Spotify, doesn't have Netflix and Hulu, though, so this is not a replacement for a Roku, but uh, it is trying to give you some cool stuff when you hook it up to your TV. It's also not a speaker. has a really tinny built-in speaker so that you can at least hear responses from the voice assistant when it's not when the television is not on, but most of the time it's just going to use your television speakers. Uh, and it can't be used as a smart speaker, including with Amazon Voice Assistant. During setup, the portals will all now offer users a chance to opt out of having your recordings 
uh, of voice commands stored on Facebook servers. Meanwhile, Facebook told Bloomberg the contractors will now resume reviewing a small percentage of portal voice commands. So now that they've given you a chance to opt out, uh, they're they're resuming that QA. Portal TV costs $149, available November 5th. Facebook also announced an 8-inch Portal Mini. That's a smaller version of the 10-inch. And a refreshed 10-inch Portal. The 8-inch and 10-inch Portals, uh, the new form factor allows you to turn them on their end, so it looks kind of like a digital picture frame. The 8-inch is $129. The 10-inch is $179, and they're both available October 15th. So... Who wants a Facebook camera in their living room? Not me. Uh, but it's not really because I'm like, oh, you know, that Facebook is going to ruin my life somehow. They're going to know everything I do. But it, but it sort of echoes what we said earlier in the show when we were talking about Facebook's possible AR glasses initiative, right? It's like if it was a company besides Facebook, you'd go, huh, okay, this is interesting. A little bit more video chatting. This is something that we we know a lot of folks do. Uh, WhatsApp users alone. I mean, it's a huge, huge number of folks who do video chatting on WhatsApp. Okay, that makes sense. But the Facebook part of it, just it's hard not to take a little pause. Mm. I mean, I'm I have a similar feeling, but mine is mostly based on you're they're not really offering me something that I'm already getting from a device that has more options, at least currently. I mean, if this thing really took off and sold tons, and you know, I think Netflix and Hulu and others would be compelled to offer services there. But if you're looking at this just as a smart speaker, like an alternative to buying an Echo, uh that maybe has some of these other features that you want. I think this is okay. You know, yeah. I mean, if in that market, this is, this is an all right solution for that. I actually mind. don't think the Facebook creepiness will hurt this as much as the fact that it's late to the market and not mm-hmm. compelling. Uh, convenience right. trumps fidelity and people who have an ability to talk to their grandkids with the phone in their hand may not see the point in going and buying a device to do this, especially if it doesn't do all the things that the Roku does. So why wouldn't I just get a Roku and keep talking to my kids through the phone in my hand you know, on that video? Uh, the other side of this is Amazon and Google have have a big ju- head start on the voice assistant display market. Uh, you, people are going to likely be like, well, maybe I should get an Amazon Echo show because I'm already in the Amazon with the Echo. Uh, or or same thing, I've already got a Google Home. Why don't I get one of the Google Home displays, the, the Nest uh, displays? So it's going to be hard for Facebook to really make a move in here. I think it's less about people being creeped out by Facebook because we've, we've seen that, that people being creeped out for Facebook doesn't stop them using Facebook. Uh, it's just that I don't know that this product will compete. Yeah. Well, I also thought they were going to push harder to make VR more of a Facebook experience, and they didn't really do that. Rift and not yet. No, not, they haven't yet. And there's always, you know, there's yeah. always the potential of something in the future. But with the exception of a little thing here or there within the service, there hasn't really been anything that made you go, "Oh my gosh, I cannot be in this ecosystem of Facebook inside of this VR set." So maybe this is the other way they'll do that. Maybe this is the more, the less obtrusive, more. This is our platform. If you really like us and you really like Facebook content, hey, come by our little thing and here's a smart speaker. And I don't know. I, I, I still say the smart speaker people are going to be the ones that may want it, but I don't know why they just wouldn't want an Echo to start with. So, yeah. Well, or they already have a smart speaker and they'll stay in that ecosystem, right? Yeah. Um, Now, we keep talking about the fact that a lot of people are creeped out 
uh, by Facebook. And Facebook wants to do something about part of that, uh, a small section of it anyway, which is Facebook censors speech. Facebook takes down things that are of interest to me, uh, and it's unfair. Facebook is unfair to people who I agree with. Well, Facebook announced more details on its independent oversight board, which is designed to handle content moderation disputes. This is a board of at least 11 people at launch. They want to grow it to as many as 40. Uh, Facebook will name the members. They'll let you know publicly who they are and why. Uh, So it's going to have to pass the court of public opinion, but they can name whoever they want. Deliberations of the board will be public. So you'll be able to see how people come to the decisions they do about these content moderation appeals. Now, private information will not be part of that transparency. They will protect private information in these disputes. But otherwise, you'll get to see the deliberations. Members of the board will be paid, but not by Facebook. Facebook is setting aside money in a trust that will independently fund the members. And once all normal Facebook moderation layers have been used is when Facebook will decide to submit a case to the board. So again, it's going to be the court of public opinion that decides whether to force Facebook to submit it to their own independent board or not. And then once the board hears the submission, they can decide not to hear it. Now, that's that's not up to Facebook. That's up to this independent board. Uh, Facebook says they imagine this board would hear about 12 cases a year uh, that they think are precedent setting. So they really are thinking of it kind of like a high court, like a Supreme Court. Uh, users would make their case in written statements, though board members can decide to ask for face-to-face interactions. Facebook will consider the board's decisions binding unless the decision is not technically feasible. Uh, and that, you know, you may say, well, it sounds like an out that just call everything technically infeasible, but it's actually pretty nailed down in the language to be like, if we can't technologically do it, obviously we're not going to do it. Uh, Facebook also will be opening the trust for other networks to join in the future. So there's a little hint that they kind of want to make this an industry-wide court of appeals. But at this point, it's really a Facebook-run operation. It's very different from Libra in that case, where Libra has a board of people that Facebook is just one member of overseeing it this is a board of people all picked by facebook interesting hard to call it an independent oversight board when it's structured this way uh and i you know i think some some folks will take issue with that um and maybe take issue with the fire engine outside my my house right now uh but uh but you know that members not being paid by facebook directly but from a trust which comes from facebook money that kind of weirded me out at first, but but I guess it's true, Tom, that that once the money is there, then that you know it's it's out of Facebook's hands. Yeah, the whole you know, idea of like the, the trust is that that separates Facebook from being able to affect that money. Right, right. Yeah, they can't turn it or do whatever they're going to do to it. But I I kind of like this concept. I think, at least in theory, um, I'm very curious since they're going to say they're going to be public about it, whether that's public about the results or public about the actual deliberations. I hope it's the former. Or the latter, rather, because I want to watch this like C-SPAN. <laughs> I want to see a precedent-setting issue like what constitutes porn on the site, what doesn't, what constitutes hate speech. Like whatever it is, the precedent-setting cases that they're going to cover, I would love it to be like cameras in the Supreme Court and listen to how they do that stuff. That, to me, is in, is an interesting process. So as much as it's easy for me to want to look at the broader idea and just go and make a judgment on it. What I really want to do is see it in action and understand the kind of thinking that goes on, how people go back and forth. If there's division, where's the division? If there's a vote, if you're just one guy off, does that mean, you know, is it just like the Supreme Court? Is it a five to four decision? Like 
all of that stuff's really interesting to me. And I want to know what the decorum of that is. Like, I hope they do that. I hope we stream it on Facebook Live and I hope I get to watch it. And who, you know, the members that uh, that Facebook names, you know, you, you mentioned watching it as something kind of unfold the way that you would on C-SPAN, you know, who are these members? You know, are they you know, members of the community that are representing various various different uh, groups, right? Sociological and racial and whatever. Are they people who work in tech that are sort of big names? Does this become something that the public becomes a lot more interested in? Because that could be a really good thing, whether or not, yeah. you know, the rest of us have a say in it uh, to, to kind of to, to pump up the discourse in general, especially when you're talking about content moderation disputes and this sort of thing that uh, happen on Facebook all the time and really tend to upset people. It's a, uh, it's kind of a, it's, it's an interesting move for the company. I, I don't, I don't know the, if the way that they structured it is the right way, but it seems like they're making a pretty good effort. I mean, yeah, it's it's not as good as Libra as far as its independence, in my opinion, uh, two, for two reasons. One is Facebook can, decides what to submit to it, and there's going to be a case at some point where they don't submit it, and people are going to go, why didn't you submit it? And even right. if they bow to public pressure and submit it, people are going to go, see, they delayed submitting it, and it, it, that will erode faith in the system. And then the other thing is they choose the board members. So, I mean, they can choose the best, most balanced, equanimical board ever. As soon as this decision goes against someone, that someone will say, well, obviously this board was stacked against us by Facebook because mm-hmm. Facebook picked them. It won't matter who's on the board. And then there will be all the all this like uh, parsing of, you know, the balance of the board and where the interests are and lobbying of those board members and trying to get board members kicked off by finding horrible things in their background and and then seeing who Facebook will come up with to replace them. I mean, it's the, the there it needs to be a better like way to select court. the members. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. much. Very much like well, thanks everybody who participates in our subreddit. You are our Supreme Court of sorts. You can submit stories and vote on them at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. Facebook, you, you're our Facebook group. You're our other Supreme Court. Facebook.com slash group slash Daily Tech News Show to join if you haven't already. We like to hear from you through the electronic mail. We're old fashioned that way. Who'd we get a mail from today? Well, we did get a picture of a cat because Aww. I suggested that you send in photos of your family members. So thank you for that. Uh, but we also got an email from Chad. And this was in reference to Tom's comparison of TV shows to books yesterday saying you just we can't get to them all. You know, there's just, there's just too many of them. And Chad says, I think the difference is that I have the ability to read any book that I can think of, with some exceptions. If my local library doesn't have a new book, then I can order it from any number of places. There are very few new books that are denied to me. With produced content, though, we're seeing the opposite. It's being walled left, walled off left and right so that the only way to get it is to subscribe to a producer, a publisher, distributors. That's all you can eat buffet. So Star Trek Discovery, great example of this. I already subscribed to Netflix, Amazon, BBC, and Hulu. I pick up shows that don't show up on these four streaming sites by purchasing them a la carte from Amazon, usually. But Star Trek Discovery, I had only one option to watch that show, subscribe to yet another streaming service. Chad says, I believe this is where subscription fatigue's coming in. For people like me, I don't want to watch everything. I just want to watch what I want to watch. 
but the currently fragmented market doesn't give me the option. And instead, to watch what I want to watch, I'm forced to subscribe to 15 different services. Chad says, we've cl- we're closer than we've ever been, but the fragmenting of the market with all these streaming services is setting us back for years in the fight for true cord independence. Yeah, Chad and okay. I had a nice little email uh, back and forth about this, and I pointed out that it's not the opposite. It's actually better than books, because when you pay $26 for a hardback book, you get that book. But when you pay six ninety nine for Disney Plus, you get all those movies and all those TV shows. And even if you only want The Mandalorian, uh, you still have access to all that other stuff. Maybe there's something else in there you'll discover and like or want to watch. So to me, it's it's a little bit of a of of a false problem because it's like well you can still pay to get your thing you're just mad that you're also getting more because you feel Mm -hmm. like you're paying for all of it but you can still just pay to get that one thing and that's like you haven't been denied the subscription service that's like paying for the hardback instead of waiting for the paperback which is cheaper i also pointed out that all of these shows end up for sale at some point now chad pointed out he's like yeah but star trek discovery game of thrones they delay selling those till sometimes long after the series is over i'm like yeah that's a fair point And what Chad and I agreed with in our email exchange was there is not a good equivalence for libraries. So a library means you don't have to pay for books and you can read them. But with TV and movies, you can check movies and TV shows out of the library. And there's even like cool digital services like Hoopla. But the selection is just not comparable. So I think that that library access is the one place where this analogy falls down for sure. Yeah, I agree. I also I mean, you've, you've convinced me more than anybody, Tom, over time that um, we have more we have actually more control in this equation than we've ever had. Yeah, because if I don't if I it used to be that if I didn't want your channel, it didn't matter. It was part of my two year commitment and I just had to get your dumb channel on cable and I still had to pay the same amount of money. But now if I'm like, well, there's only one show I care about on Netflix and I've just seen it all and there's not a new season till next year or a year, two years later. Time to switch to one where there's something else I want to watch. You have full control. You're not locked into anything. You just leave and come back at will. And that is a huge thing. It's just hard to remember that because it does feel like, oh, they're all doing it now. Now it's like cable again. Not really. There's a little bit of uh, these shows or movies are all horrible and I have to pay so much to get them. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, there is a bit of that going on. (laughs) Well, thanks, Chad, for the email. Also, the cat's name was Buster. Thank you to Mikey for sending in the photo of Buster. Judge always makes my day a little bit brighter. And also thanks to Scott Johnson. Talk Mm. about a bright day maker. Uh, what have you been doing since you made our day bright one week ago today? Well, uh, from a tech point of view, a couple of things are going on uh, for me. One is I'm going to uh, figure out how to make a GoPro 5 look amazing on stream. Once I've done that, I'll talk about it on the show and tell you how I did it. So later today, that's happening, and I'm very excited about it, and I'll probably chronicle it on uh, my website as well, which is over at frogpants.com. More importantly, though, I have a web page up for this card game I keep talking about on here. And now you can see it. It's an actual physical look at the cards. You can see the whole thing. Uh, The rules aren't up there yet. There's a bunch of stuff I still want to add. But if you want to go check it out, you can go to frogpants.com slash, uh, let's see, slash rock runners. Or it's just right there on the menu. Just find it. Uh, And check it out. Let me know what you think. We're very excited about a Kickstarter coming soon. For details and updates, check me out on Twitter at Scott Johnson. We are changing our Patreon rewards uh, for DTNS starting October first. So this is the last month to get classic rewards. I thought I thought I'd try that aspect on it. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> but yeah, if you want to see what the new rewards are that are coming starting October first, that means they'll be delivered on November first. So we, we will make them official on October first. Uh, but if you want to know what what's coming, uh, head to DailyTechNewsShow.com/slash Patreon. 
Email is a great way to send us feedback. Feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com is the address. We're also live Monday through Friday, 4.30 p.m. Eastern. That's 2030 UTC. Find out more. Dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Back tomorrow with Justin Robert Young. Talk to you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. From a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.